Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of our Sunday Morning Digital Cathedral Together. Glad you're with me. Hope the new year has started off well for you and that you've got everything moving in the direction you'd like it to move. I want to kind of pick up on where we were last Sunday morning. Last Sunday morning, we talked about denials and denying. And we, we discovered some truth from Scripture that I think is really powerful. Last week, we talked about denials, but from the angle that it's not self-punishment. It's not depriving yourself. Religion is all about if you could just deny yourself a little bit more, if you could just give up this, if you could sacrifice that, then God would be pleased with you and he would bless you. And we, we looked at scripture and that's not what denial necessarily means. Now, is, is there a place for sacrifice? I think so, but I don't think it's to near the limit or the, the level that we made it for years and years in religion. The fact is this, here's what denial is about. Denial is about you denying anything about you that is not true. Anything that tries to push its way into your life that is not in agreement with what God says about you, with what Jesus says about you, what the Holy Spirit has revealed to you, we need to deny it. In other words, we need to say it's not true. It's not so. That's what denial is all about. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, let me, let me just read a couple of scriptures. I'm just going to lay some foundation down for maybe 15, 20 minutes. And then I want to get into the, to the flip side of denial, which is affirmations. We're, we're, let me just kind of review the denial thing because the two go hand in hand. And when you are able to understand what you should deny and what you should affirm, it's a tremendous step in your journey as manifesting as a son and daughter, especially what I want to get into next week. All right. So let me just let me just lay some foundation down here for a little bit and and just bear with me. I want to I want to review just a little bit about denials. All right. So denial is when we simply say no to something that is trying to impede our identity, trying to impede our image and the likeness of God that is developing within us. Uh, denial is when you say, there's no way I'm going to receive this. I'm going to accept this. This is not meant for me. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 27, it says this, nor give place to the devil. All right? So that's a denial. You don't give the devil any place. If you and, and the devil here, in my estimation, are the thoughts that come to your mind that are negative, that are contrary the accusations, the voice of the accuser says you're not righteous, you deny that. Say, no, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and that's an affirmation. So the two, two work together, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna tie this up in just a few minutes, but just, just humor me for a little bit here. 28, verse 28, let him who steals, steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands. When the, when, when the temptation comes to steal, you deny it. You say, I am not a thief. I am not one that takes something that is not mine. Verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. You deny the ability of corrupt communication, whatever that might be, slander, gossip. You say, that's not part of me. I know down the church, gossip and slander is like the acceptable sin, right? We talk about one another behind their backs. He says, don't do that. Deny, deny it. When you're around it, deny its ability to work into your conversation. And he says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit in verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So we want to deny anything that would, would grieve the Holy Spirit. Are, are you with me? Can you, can you see maybe how we have used denying ourselves, and I'm going to read that scripture in, in just a minute that we highlighted last week and spent some time on. But you need to understand that Jesus is your advocate. He's a chief denier. The word advocate is, I think, would be akin to a defense attorney. Let's just, let's just, let's just use it symbolically as a, as a defense attorney, which is, is pretty accurate. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1, it ex Jesus exercises his ministry as a denier. <laughs> First John chapter two. You maybe never heard it quite this way before, but if you'll you'll stay with me, I think you're going to see the power and the ability uh, that denying untruth has in in being able to to mess your life up 
right? There are all kinds of things that come to us that are not true. So either you affirm them or you deny them. And so many times we've affirmed things that are not accurate, that are not true, that are, that are absolutely opposite to what the Father says about us. And I want us to move out of that because we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1 says, My little children, these things I write to you, that you not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So what, what does Jesus do? He said, I'm writing these things to you that we don't sin. But if you sin, we have an advocate. We have one that stands before the Father and says, that's not who this person is. That's not his identity. And based upon what all Jesus has finished for us, he has every right to deny that before the Father so that it doesn't have effect upon our life. We have an advocate with the Father so that even when we follow up, he, he denies it. Anything we say contrary to who we are in Christ, anything we say that is contrary to what the Father says about us, Jesus takes up for us and denies it. He neutralizes it, kryptonites it, has no effect, no power on us. Right? That's his ministry. That's what he's doing. Um, in, in Matthew chapter 10, this, this seems to be the verse that everybody goes to in church uh, to try to make us think that we, we need to go without, that we need to um, humiliate ourselves by denial. We should stop eating. We need to fast more. Um, we need to, to avoid earthly pleasures. This was big in the church I grew up in. Anything that was fun, you couldn't do, right? You, you needed to deny yourself of that pleasure. And that's, that's not what the Bible is getting at it all. And John, let me, here's the verse we really worked off next week, last week. So stay with me, all right? Stay with me. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32. You've heard this a lot of times. Whosoever shall confess me before men, I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. <clears throat> the word confess means to agree with. So whoever agrees with, with Jesus, whoever agrees with who they are, uh, whoever agrees with the finished work that has become applicable in their life, Jesus will agree with you and say, that guy's got it right. He's seeing it and he will confess you to the Father. Whosoever denies me before men will I also deny before my Father that is in heaven. Man, that verse has been used and so messed up. It's, it's been used like this. I've even heard it like this. If you're being tortured to death and you deny Jesus... You're, you've had it. It's, it's over. He's going to deny you before the Father. Say, I don't even know this one. Can you imagine that? So people have thought that whatever comes, they, they have got to endure it. You get captured in war and they're torturing you and say, we will stop torturing you if you denounce Jesus. And you, you can't do it because he's going to deny you before the Father. That's not at all what that verse is getting at. And I, I want to relieve you of that. I want you to start using denial as a force in the spirit that would stop things that are trying to invade in, um, your life and neutralize you. So what, what is he actually saying here? Well, for a minute, let's look at all the people that denied Jesus before men. The whole, all 11 disciples did. They fled when, when the Roman army looked out for who the disciples are of Jesus, they denied him by their fleeing. Peter denied Jesus three times. Judas betrayed Jesus, and as a result, he went out, he was so remorseful, he went out and hung himself. Peter, who denied Jesus three times before men, you know what his, you know what Jesus' denial to the Father amounted to? Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? Peter said, you know I do. I denied you, I messed up. Jesus didn't go to the Father and say, Peter needs to go to hell, needs to burn forever because he denied me. No, he looks at Peter and says, feed my sheep. He, in effect, was denying the denial that Peter had made. When Jesus hung on the cross, you all know that he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Every person that hung Jesus on the cross from the court to the soldiers that nailed him. They were in effect denying him who he was before men. So what was Jesus, what was Jesus's denial? Father, forgive them. That's what they're, they don't know what they're doing. Um, in effect, he was denying their denial. And that's exactly what this verse is getting at. It's not telling you that if you, if you deny Jesus, 
while you're being tortured to death to give up your faith and you give in. You can't take it, you give in. And say, okay, I'm not a Christ follower. And they say, okay, good, We're, we'll stop torturing you. That, that you're doomed. That's crazy. That, that has nothing to do with unconditional love and the fatherhood of God and, and the way that Jesus conducted himself with people. It means that he denies your denier. So this week, what I want to do is I, I kind of I want to flip the page on this and I want to look at the, the reverse side of things that we need to affirm. All right, so are you, are you with me so far? I think I got you up to speed. If you didn't look at last week's teaching, go back and I, I get into more depth in it. But I want you to see that the denial, denying yourself, is to deny, to come to you anything that's contrary to what the Father thinks and says about you. Now let's look at this affirmation thing for just a few minutes because this, this is as powerful as, as the denials. Denial is a powerful tool. Denial is a powerful tool. When you say, no, that cannot enter my life. I deny its ability. I deny its entrance. I'm not a, I'm not a backbiter. I deny being that kind of person. That's not me. You deny, that's powerful. Now the other side, the affirmation is just as powerful. I want to read a verse from Job. I don't, I don't read poor old Job much, but there's a, a, a verse over in Job that I think really just kind of pinpoints this thing on affirmation. It's Job chapter 22, verse 28. It says this, You will declare a thing or affirm it. You will declare a thing and it shall be established for you. The affirming of something has a power to establish. So light will shine on your ways. He's, he's, saying, he's saying basically this, if you affirm something, it'll become established for you. So you want to make sure that what you're affirming is what you want light to shine on you about. So we're going to, we're going to look at that and unwind that a little bit for you because I want in 2023, I want you to deny anything that is contrary to what the Father says about you, who you are, what you possess. And I want you to begin to affirm everything that absolutely belongs to you so that it can be established. And he says, light will shine on your ways. So wherever there's darkness, how do we, how do we repel that? We deny the darkness and we affirm what we want to be established. All right, so let me, let me just keep laying a little foundation down and then I'm gonna dig into this affirmation thing uh, in the last few minutes of the teaching. But I want you to understand where, it, where it's rooted in, where it's grounded, and how it evolves that we are to deny and to affirm. Do you remember back when you began to see truth in a deeper way than you'd ever seen it before? Maybe it was on a higher level, deeper level, however you want to phrase it. And you set out on a spirit journey because you were dissatisfied with the way your Christian life had gone. Maybe after 15, 20, 30, 40 years, you looked at this Christian life that you had been living in, it, it just didn't ring the bell. It just did, it, it didn't resonate. And you begin to see a couple things. For, for me, it was the fatherhood of God and grace. That, that I saw that and when I, I began to see it, and when you have begun to see a couple things, what happens is maybe you saw the father in an entirely different light. The whole house of cards of religion begins to fall. Grace will lead you to unconditional love or unconditional love will lead you to grace, fatherhood of God, uh, finished work of the cross. And so, you know, the doctrine of hell all of a sudden doesn't make any sense. I mean, how, he can't be an unconditional loving God and, and at the same time allow in any way, shape or form his creation to be eternally tortured in fire. So all these things just begin to make no sense. Age of accountability. In my book, Religion Busters, I go through 12 or 13 doctrines that we were instilled with make absolutely no sense in the light of what the Father begins to show you. So we, we knew that there was more. We begin to see a couple things. We, we knew that there was more, more truth. Um, and it was, it was truth that we'd never been exposed to because religion had everything tied up in a neat little package of what we could believe and what we couldn't believe, what we could read, what we couldn't read. And so we never challenged those doctrines. Now all of a sudden light begins to come through and these things become a mystery. And we're not sure, we're not sure if we should embrace it, if we need to deny it, if we need to push it. We're, these things begin to come fast and furious for many of us. And you begin to see more than you ever bargained for. 
in Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, Paul says it like this. I relate to this because this is kind of seems like what, what happened to me in this, in this great adventure that you and I are on. Isn't this a fun journey? I think this was the way it was meant to be. It was meant to be a journey of discovery. And Paul says that it was a mystery that has been hidden from ages and from generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. That's the process that you and I came through was the unveiling of mystery after mystery after a mystery to us as saints. Now it's important when those things are revealed to us that we affirm them, that we agree with them, that we look at them and say, I embrace that. What the spirit of truth shows me, I embrace it. So he says things that have been hidden from generations is now being revealed to the saints. If it was true back in Paul's day, how much more true it should be today that we are seeing revelation beyond even what Paul was able to see. It says in verse 27, he says to them, them saints, God willed to be known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now there's the, there's the key to revelation. There's the key to the mysteries. It's the Christ in you. This Christ that has always been within you is active. He's always searching the deep things of God. It's the spirit that searches the deep things of God. It's the spirit that works deep within you. And as he unveils the mystery, it's important that we affirm it. We agree with it. We embrace it. We say that it's true. We say that it's so. So I think when you discovered that Christ was in you, Remember that verse I read all the time from Galatians 1, 15, 16? Because to me, it's a, it's a life changer. When Paul says that when it pleased the Father who separated me from my mother's womb to reveal the Christ that was in me. Man, I had read that for years. I never got it. I always figured the Christ was revealed to us. No, when the Christ is revealed within you, all of a sudden he becomes this active agent, this revealer of mysteries. And so you have to begin to make some decisions. Do you deny them? Do you affirm them? You deny things that are contrary to what the Father says about you. Now, when you're first starting this journey, you're not sure of everything he says. So it, it makes you a little uneasy at times because it's so much better. It's so far out compared to where you've been. You're not sure what to do with it. But you know this, there was this gnawing sense of truth that the abundant life should be a whole lot more than what we were experiencing. We desired the abundant life, but we weren't experiencing it. Essentially, because the church puts everything off to heaven. Everything is about eternity. Everything is about going to heaven and avoiding hell. When that's dismantled, you begin to deny eternal conscious torment, and you begin to renew your mind to the fact that a unconditional loving father is one that sees you, uh, Ephesians 1.5 says, holy and blameless. <clears throat> you start, understand, he sees you that way. He doesn't see you as a dirty old sinner. He doesn't see you as a wretch that was saved by grace. He sees you as the son that he placed in Christ before the foundation of the world. Now that begins to open things up a whole lot. So this putting everything off to heaven. So this life just becomes drudgery. It doesn't, there, there's, there's nothing... Um, supernatural about it. There's nothing beyond what we can do. And we, you know, you start thinking about all those long, tedious prayer meetings that you waded through and all the spiritual warfare. And they were unproductive. They were frustrating. We did it because that's what we were told to do. We didn't know what else to do. And so we just continued striving to achieve and we always fell short. Now all of a sudden this life is showing up that we've never envisioned before. We may not have recognized what was going on, but I'll tell you exactly what was going on. The spirit of truth, the Christ in you that we just read about, or I just quoted to you from Galatians chapter 1, 15, 16, that Christ in you became very active. He began to stir things. And, and all of a sudden he's, he's prompting within you things that you'd wondered about, maybe things you'd felt was true for years, but nobody ever affirmed it. In fact, they denied it. And this, this Christ within you was wanting to get turned loose. He was, he was chomping at the bit to begin to well up within you and to show you things that are to come. Kingdom life was becoming real to you. And there 
let me just say this a little side trail. There will always be tension between religion and the kingdom. Always be tension between religion and the kingdom. I'll tell you why. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, he would build his church. We've tried to build the church with doctrines and beliefs. We, we wrestled that from Jesus. And so we've tried to build the church with flesh efforts. We got fog machines and colored lights and we got hip praise groups and all kinds of things, programs for children that are appealing because we're trying to build the church. Jesus said he'd build a church. In the next verse, he said, I give to you the keys of the kingdom. The church and the kingdom are not synonymous. Our job is to express the kingdom in every sphere of life that we live in on the planet here. To express the kingdom in every sphere requires revelation from the Spirit, the unveiling of mysteries. As he unveils the mysteries, we have to know what we can affirm. And we've got to know what we just made up or that somebody's telling us that we need to deny. We set out on this, on this journey. We might not have known it, but this hunger that was within us, that the Spirit of God was stirring, was seeking first the kingdom of God. And as we, we were seeking it diligently, all of a sudden, all these things began to be added to us. The understanding, the insight, the wisdom, the, under, the, the feeling of now we're righteous, we're redeemed, we're justified. We're, as he is in this present world, we're partakers of the divine nature. Now I learned there's something really important in this affirmation process. And it's a verse, man, that we read this a lot back in the Word of Faith days. But there is tremendous truth in this. Mark chapter 11 and verse 23 says this. Mark chapter 11, I'm sorry, verse 24. Mark chapter 11, I'm used to reading that 23rd verse, but I want to hit the 24th verse. Mark chapter 11 and verse 24 says this. Therefore I say to you, Jesus said this, Therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them, or affirm that they belong to you. Bring an affirmation to this. What's, I say to you, whatever things that you ask when you pray, ask to see what you already have. And then affirm it. Ask to see what you already have. I, I've learned something important from that verse. Right? Here's what I see in that verse. That the supply in the kingdom is always equal to the demand. But it needs to be affirmed. It needs to be embraced. It needs to be, it needs to be uh, agreed with. See? The kingdom resource is unlimited. The king has deep pockets, so deep that the father at creation created everything that every man would ever need for all time. It was all done at creation. It's in an invisible realm. Everything that you need is always has already been created. And verse 24 tells us how to put the demand on the supply, and it's by asking. If you don't know who you are, if you don't know what you possess, you don't know what to ask for. You'll ask amiss. But we, put, we first put a demand on the supply before the supply flows. And the demand, the asking, is the agreement. This verse is telling us when you ask, believe that you already have it. And you'll have whatever you ask. There has to be an affirmation. There has to be an agreement that as a son, as a manifesting daughter of God, I can put a demand on that supply and I deny anything that would tell me I can't have what he says belongs to me. Right? This brings us into a place where we can cease our doing and rest in the spirit and affirm and agree with what belongs to us. Let me take you to another verse in the Old Testament. Psalm chapter 37. Psalm chapter 37. I tell you, this stuff, this stuff is important to us at this time in our, in our spiritual development because, you know, I know a lot of you came from word and faith backgrounds. A lot of you came from prophetic or deliverance backgrounds. Charismatic, probably most of us here had some kind of charismatic affiliation. Not everybody, but most of us. And so we've seen all this different stuff come through the church and it was always abused. But in every wave that has come through the body of Christ, there has been an element of truth in it. The problem is man's taken it and abused it. And so for some of us, we don't want to hear anything. Uh, I'm using the word affirm this morning because if I were to use the word confess, 
Some of you would be triggered by that through Word of Faith days. And there's always particles of truth in everything. There's, there's truth in prophetic. There's truth in deliverance. There's truth in word of faith. There's truth in discipleship. There's truth in shepherding. There's, there's truth in it. But every one of those, I watched when men abused them. So now we're very turned off. We, and in some cases, we're denying what we should be affirming. The important listen to the spirit truth that is within you. Right? Psalm chapter 37 and verse 4 says this. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Affirm, affirm your, your delight in the Lord. I agree, Father, I delight in you. And he says he gives you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord, trust in him, and he'll bring it to pass. That's all about affirmation. That's all about, I agree with you. I trust in you. I rely on you. That's, that's what I believe. That's what, what he's saying here. He shall bring forth of your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Don't fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. So he's saying this is what you deny over here and this is what you begin to affirm. Now, if that's true in the Old Testament, if that's true back in Psalm 37, how much more is it true today? That when we delight ourselves in the Lord, he gives us the desires of our heart. I affirm, I affirm my position in the Lord. That's what he's really saying. We get still. We get still. And we know that what we desire is ours. And it comes through this, this creative process that we affirm. These are steps of affirmation. Are you ready? It, it reveals your ability to bring from the invisible to the visible. Your co-labors with him. But if you're going to deny what he has affirmed, you neutralize. You cut yourself short. So the whole affirming process comes from the thought of the mind of Christ that comes to you. He drops a, a thought into you. This belongs to you. This, you can have this. This is where you need to go. So that thought comes. Then in your imagination, you build the picture you, exactly as you, you want it to be. You start affirming it. Say, this is what I want. This is the way it should be. Then it comes down into your heart, into the garden, and it grows. When it comes from your imagination, it's just a seed form. It's, it's painted perfectly, but it's just imagination. It's what you see. It comes into your heart and it grows. And it grows and it grows. And then when it reaches maturity, that's when you know, I got this thing. And you, you're affirming it. I know that I know that I know. And then you speak a creative word. You say it. You have the power to create and to manifest, but it takes, it takes us learning to agree and affirm what the Father says that belongs to you. Listen, you're affirming. When you affirm something, you're stating as a fact or truth what you desire. That's what affirming is in the realm of the Spirit. It's, it's, it's stating as a fact. It's stating as a truth that which you desire. See, faith is an affirmation. Faith is an affirmation. It's, it's believing in something that you can't see yet. It's believing in a truth that you can't see. That's faith. That's an affirmation. You're saying, I see it. I see it. You're seeing it from inside. Hope is an affirmation. Hope is a confident expectation. When I affirm something, uh, and I could give you all kinds of little examples that I've, that I've lived through that I've had to use faith and hope and agree with it. And that agreement is the affirmation. Now, let me just say this. Let me put a little addendum on. How things appear when you affirm them have nothing to do with the affirmation. In other words, I'm saying you don't have to see it before you affirm it. It doesn't work that way. We may not see just how affirming how do I want to say this? We may not see how just affirming makes it so. See, affirming does make it so. But because we can't see it with our physical eyes, until you get accustomed to affirming and denying, it's hard to, it's, it, it's hard to grab it, especially when all your reasoning says no. When your reasoning says no. Um, there are times we have to just tell ourselves, no, I'm not going to take a negative approach to this. I'm not going to play negative mental gymnastics. I'm not going to let that wear on my mind. 
and we, we move into the spirit to show that it is so just as we desire, even if we can't physically see it. That's the power of the affirmation. Abraham went through this. Abraham, who was called the father of faith. I want you to, I want you to listen to this passage carefully. The father of faith in Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Let me get over here real quick. Let me use this little New Testament. Works better. Romans chapter 4. This, this is the whole affirming process that Abraham came through. Chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also there's a faith of Abraham who is the father of us all, as it is written. All right, here comes the word to Abraham. I have made you a father of nations. That's, that's the divine thought I was talking about that comes from the mind of Christ. The father spoke to Abraham and said, I'm making you the father of many nations in the presence of whom he believed. Even God who gives life to the dead. Don't, don't be moved by what you're seeing. He gives life to the dead and calls things which do not exist as though they were. That's the way our father works. When he puts the seed within your mind, it may well be impossible, you think. Who con now here's Abraham's part. Who contrary to hope, in hope, believed so that he might become the father of many nations. In other words, he affirmed it. He said, I agree with it. And anything that would try to dissuade me from that, I deny. Now, did, did he do that perfectly? No, because we know he took a uh, handmaiden and um, created some problems for himself because he didn't deny the thing that he should have denied at that instant. Did that totally uh, uh, throw him out of God's plan? Absolutely not. God, God just used the GPS and put him right back on track. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. He didn't look at his body when he affirmed it. That's what I was telling you just a minute ago. It may not appear to be so, but when you affirm it, it begins the process of actually bringing it into the visible realm. He didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that the one who promised, he was also able to perform it. Now, that, that's the place where we rest, where we trust the one. This is the faith. This is the affirmation of faith. We trust the one who promised us that the one who promised us also has the ability to bring it into manifestation. It's not dependent on my ability, my power. All I am doing is affirming, I'm agreeing with what the Father already said, and I'm denying everything that would try to impose itself upon me that would try to make me believe that it is not so. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform, and therefore is imputed to him for righteousness. Not was not written for his sake alone, but it's imputed to him, but also for us, to whom it shall be imputed. For we believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. <clears throat> so many heavy affirmations in, in that little story, in that little uh, insight that Paul had from the life of Abraham. I'm sure in the natural man, it did not look good to Abraham. So he had a choice. And when it doesn't look good, you have a choice. You can either deny what's going on and give in to what appears, or you can affirm the word of the one that promised it to you. Now, sometimes it looks unbelievable. In fact, his wife laughed at him. His wife said, are you crazy, old man? What are you coming up with? The, listen to me. The difference in the one who makes the affirmation and the one who laughs is the revelation. Abraham had the revelation. Sarah didn't. Abraham had the word from God. Sarah didn't. Abraham did not consider his own body. Sarah did. The difference between the one that laughs, the one down at the church, when you tell them what you have discovered about grace and uh, the universal fatherhood of God and mercy um, that does not ever end, and you, exp you tell them what you've seen, they're going to laugh at you, but they don't have the revelation. But that doesn't mean you should deny it. You don't take steps backward and deny what he's already shown you. Affirm it. Affirm it. Stand on it. Stand strong. You're, you're, you're living out 1 Corinthians, what is it, 2, 9, and 10? I hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. 
Then verse 10 says, but he has revealed them to us by his spirit. So even though my ears and eyes don't pick up on it, when it comes into my spirit, that's what I affirm. How do you know to affirm something? Does it resonate within you? Does it, does it ring of truth? Affirm it. It's say, well, what if I make a mistake? You make a mistake, God's going to turn you right around, put you right back on the right path. I deal with people all the time that are afraid to step out because they're, they're afraid they're going to make a mistake. Fear will get you nowhere. Perfect love casts out that fear of having a mistake. All right, listen carefully. We speak the affirmation in full realization that we have no power in ourselves to establish it or bring it forth. That's the place we rest. We affirm what we sense and we rest. That's the faith part. Full confidence that the one who promised it is the one that is able to bring it to pass. That was the position Abraham took. Let me go back over this. That's the position he took in Romans chapter 4, verse 21, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. So Abraham got his eyes off his body. Sarah did not. He counted God with the ability to bring it to pass. See, verse, verse 22, verse 22 is exactly what the promiser wants. He, 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 he put Abraham totally on the right foundation, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Because he was convinced that God could do it, that was righteousness. That was right standing. That's what the father was after the whole time. How did Abraham arrive at being fully convinced that what God had promised he was able to do? The same way that you do back in verse 18. Contrary to hope, he believed so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your seed be. Affirmation, affirming, agreeing with, um, stating a fact no matter how it looks, stating it as truth, no matter how it looks, having a high level of expectation. You're, you put your hand in the one of the one that you know can make it happen and deny how it looks. Verse 19, he didn't consider his own body. He stayed in verse 20 and gave glory to God. This is, I'm telling you what, what I'm teaching you this morning can change your life almost instantaneously. If you just put these principles to work, when you say over and over and over a denial or an affirmation, it renews your mind. It changes your mind. Because you've got a mind, probably, in some areas that have been highly trained to live in the negative, to live in the doubt, to live in fear, to live without, a, without an expectation, a world of unbelief. That's the way you were programmed, you were indoctrinated from, from the very get-go, right? And so the constant repetition of truth, the denial of falsity, the denial of things, denying yourself of being able to grasp what is not so, and affirming what is true. When you keep affirming and denying, you know what? The light will dispel the negativity and the darkness. The light will begin to shine. We just read it from Scripture, what will happen back in Job. So as we enter this new year, and I wanted to start the new year, uh, 2023, on, on denials and affirmations. I just took one week on denials and one this week on affirmations. I could break it down and we could go on for a long time. I got other fish to fry for you starting next week. I did I wanted to get this seed, and if you really, if it really resonates, then you're gonna spend some time contemplating it. So before I'm done, now I want to bring you to a place. I want to give you four things that you can affirm as true in 2023. I want you to just affirm. Just say, this, this, is, this is my North Star. This is what I'm going to count as being absolutely true. This isn't an exhaustive list, but it's, it'll help you to absolutely get started. All right. I want you to affirm the fact that your father is love, he's light, and he's power. I affirm that. I agree. My father is, is totally light, love, and power. In other words, he's omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. That's who my father is. So there's nothing too big for him. There's nothing outside of his knowledge. There's nothing outside of his ability. Get a vision of that. Begin to see that every particle that you encounter in life that is love, that is life, that is power, is really the father manifesting himself from the invisible to the visible. When you see an act of love, when you see someone 
uh, go out of their way for somebody to do something that they aren't obligated to do. That's the Father revealing himself in a visible form. So let's do this. Let's do this. Let's not disturb ourselves with perceived evil. Anything that would appear to be evil, let's deny it. And I'm not, I'm not saying lie about it. I'm saying deny it, strip it of its power. It has no ability to, to, to move you off where the Father's taking you. In the presence of that, of that evil, that would appear to be evil, stand firm, stand strong in your affirmation that my Father is love, He's light, and He's power. In fact, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5 Let's see what let's see what old Johnny's got to say about this. First John chapter one and verse five says this, and this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So you have every right to deny darkness because you belong to the Father. You're, you are a son. So when darkness tries to, to move on you, you you deny it. No, you do not have power over me. That darkness can be uh, the rejection of people. It can be, I mean, it can take so many forms. In him there is no darkness, there's only light. It, discouragement is huge darkness. There's no discouragement in the Father. He's light. If we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. Right? So he's saying that we have no sin consciousness when we walk in the light. When sin consciousness tries to grab onto you, deny it. Become righteous, affirm righteous consciousness and deny sin consciousness. Stick to your affirmation that God is good, right? He's omnipresent. I can never be out of his presence. He's with me in everything. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're with me. He always stays with you. All right, affirmation number two. I am a full manifestation of my Father. So we just talked told you what how the Father reveals himself, this is the way that you reveal yourself as well. Every moment of every day, his life, his love, his power flows through you. It flows through me, out of me to other people because we are in full union. The reason I can fully manifest the Father is because we're in union together. The Father and I are one. We live as one in the kingdom. Paul said, I died. And my life is hidden with Christ in God. You see the union? And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. All that stops us is a lack of knowing. And so way back at the start of the teaching this morning, I said when you first got into this, you started to see things you never saw before. And so the mysteries begin to be unveiled to you. Now as you're at this point in your journey, the, 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 the seeing is going to get deeper. It's going to get stronger. And you have to be sensitive to what the Father is saying. It's nothing but a lack of knowing that hinders us from, from flowing and from manifesting in our life, out of our life, that which we desire. All appearances are weakness or faults. There is no weakness in you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's an affirmation. The omnipotent one dwells in all of his fullness within me. The all-powerful one dwells in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. So make that confession. I'm a full manifestation of the Father. You've seen the Father. You've seen me. You say, well, I don't feel like that. I know you don't, but you need to affirm it to get that conformity within you working. There are things he wants to show you, but you haven't come into an agreement yet, maybe, and affirmed the fact that you and the Father are one, that you're a full manifestation of the Father. All right, number three, <clears throat> affirm this, I'm spirit. I'm totally spirit. I manifest myself through this body. What you see is the body of Don Keithley, but you don't see me. The real me is inside looking out through these windows at you through this camera this morning at the Digital Cathedral. And spirit, man, is not sick. Spirit is not broke. Spirit does not die. He doesn't die. Spirit does not die. Me does not die. I'm going to get into that next week. I'm going to do a six-part series called Eradicating Death starting next Sunday morning. You don't want to miss this. This is night. When, when you begin to see that I'm spirit, you begin to understand what I taught a couple of weeks ago 
on John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, Jesus said, whosoever lives, Jesus said, whoever believes in me, even though he dies, he'll live again. Verse 25. In other words, this is what the church is taught, that you die and then you live again. Whosoever believes in me, though he may die, he'll live again. That's the hope of eternal heaven. He says in verse 26, this is mind-blowing. Whosoever lives, whosoever lives and believes in me will never die. The difference between verse 25 and verse 26 is living, living. Whoever lives in him, whoever takes everything we're teaching at the Digital Cathedral, and I'm telling you, over the last 10, 15, 20 years, this stuff has all built up until we are at the point where we're at right now. We need to come out of verse 25 into verse 26. I'm excited for next week. I can't wait to get into this. It's gonna stretch you. Some of you are gonna say, I don't know about all this, and I'm just gonna ask you to consider some really heavy stuff. So I want to talk about denying and, and, and affirming before we ever got into it so that, that what resonates, what the Spirit shows you, you can reach out and bring it into yourself. Has to be a generation that believes some of this stuff if it ever is going to come to pass. Okay, are you still with me? All right. Affirmation number four. All right, let me, let me just hit the first three because I kind of got off on a little bit of a rabbit trail. Let me just flip back over here. All right, I want affirm. And you should, should write these down or go back and listen to them again. Affirm that your Father is light, love, and power. There's nothing outside his, his presence, nothing that's too strong for him, nothing that he doesn't know. You need to affirm that. And then second of all, affirm that you're a manifestation of that one that is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. You can be everywhere at all times by the Spirit showing you. There's nothing too big for you. You can do all things through Christ. See, the, the, the in Christ that I read earlier, that's the key to seeing the mysteries revealed to you and, and getting revelation. It's the release of the Christ that is within. All right, number four. The Father works in me as me to do and to will whatever it is that he desires, right? The Father works in me as me to will and do whatever he wishes to do and he cannot fail. So when I live out of what he desires to do and I affirm that, I cannot fail. There is no failure in me. Right? Whatever we fully commit to the Father to do and affirm it, it's done and it shall be accomplished. So where does all that start? It starts with the put thought from the mind of Christ within you. So it started with Abraham, started with Paul, started with Jesus. It's, it's, and then it grows, it blossoms, right? Let me just, in, in uh, kind of I'm unwinding here, let me just say a couple things in regard to denials and affirmations. People who have a tendency to dwell on the past hurts, things that have happened to you, um, maybe problems, perceived failures, you had a business that went bankrupt, uh, you were kicked out of your church, you weren't treated well, you need to deny those things power in your life. They're dragging you down in your mind. They're dragging you down in your spirit. And so when you hold on to them, it holds you in bondage. You need to snip those cords. Deny their ability to work in you any longer. And as you deny it and continue to deny it, it helps to blot out the memory and the pain of what you went through. Affirmations, let me say this. They should be used by people that are timid, who have felt inadequate, who stand in uh, fear of other people that are people pleasers. You don't, have, you don't have to be a people pleaser. People who are negative or have doubts, you need to affirm everything that the Father says about you. And you need to go through Scripture to see what He says. In other words, deny the appearance of evil and affirm the good. Deny any form of weakness that tries to enter your life. Shut the door to it. And instead of the weakness, affirm the strength. I want you to deny undesirable circumstances. You look at them, yeah, they appear to be. I want you to deny those, and I want you to begin to affirm the conditions that you desire. I do this. I have a thought within me that's brewing on what I want to see the digital cathedral do and the people that I want it to reach those that I want to become partners with me, those that I want to contribute and have some, some flesh in the game, you know, regardless of the size of it. We're, we're just strengthening ourselves together. And I'm denying anything that would say that can't happen. Who do you think you are? 
See, that's that's weakness one affirmation. I don't I don't affirm weakness, I deny it. As a manifesting son, you're as free as Jesus. You're as free as Jesus, who was the prototype son from anything that will harm you or destroy you. You're free to, to deny it, not give it access. Any form of death, and we'll get into this in the next weeks, any form of death, death is not a friend of God in any form. What's going to lead you into a full realization of being a partaker of the very divine nature is you're affirming it and you're agreeing with it and denying those things that would say, who do you think you are? You're, you're not, you don't have the nature of God. You have an endemic nature. You have a sin nature. You're despised. You're, God can't hardly look at you. No, I deny that. That is absolutely not true. Now, this year is going to be an exciting year, 2023. We're going to uncover some mysteries. We're going to plunge into some things that are going to move us out. And I want you to be ready. So learn to use the tools of denying and affirming that you might build yourself and get strong in the faith. Not be moved by what you see. Because I'll tell you something. Not only are we coming to the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ, we're going to be the seed that brings the unity of the faith to the body of Christ. All right, God bless you. I think we'll stop right there. My time is up. You have a wonderful week, and we'll see you back next Sunday morning. We're going to start a six-part series on eradicating death. It's going to be a lot of fun. See you Wednesday night at The Secret Place. God bless. God bless.